Well, hello. It's good to be with you again. As uh, you met last week with Tad Bodeman and Dr. Rich Cozart, um, Tad is joining me again today. Tad, if you remember, is a licensed therapy, therapist with our ministry, A Future and a Hope Counseling. And um, we're going to tackle a subject today that um, is really kind of, I think, very salient to all of us right now. And this is the issue of anger. Um, now, I have my own thoughts about anger, but before we get into all of that, um, I'm going to just allow Tad to say a few words uh, of his perspective on anger and what he thinks about anger. Yeah, thank you, Pat. And it's a delight to, to be with everybody again. Um, you know, we get anger pretty mixed up uh, in this culture. Um, a lot of our clients, they come to see us they either view anger as universally bad or as something that can't be helped and should be unimpeded in its expression. Um, and neither one of those are really helpful or true, right? Um, anger is a signal to us that was God-given uh, that spurs us to do something about unacceptable circumstances. Um, and so it's actually a force it can be a healthy force that, that moves us to a healthy assertion of our needs and stirring us to set healthy boundaries with each other and for ourselves. Absolutely. You know, I often tell clients that uh, anger is a secondary emotion that is often, not always, but often covering up something deeper, something that maybe we're feeling some hesitation to share with others, uh, could be fear, or a sense of um, sadness. And, and, and I believe that, you know, unfortunately in our culture today that um, fear and sadness, some of those negative emotions, they tend to um, make us feel that we look weak in the eyes of others. And so, you know, we'll cover that up with something else. And generally we cover that up with anger. Um, and, you know, there is such a thing, as you mentioned, Tad, uh, righteous anger. Mm. We see something going on, some, some sort of uh, injustice or some sort of cruelty to another or even to an animal. You know, we can get very roused up. But I call that righteous anger. And, you know, it, it does spur us on to, to do something, to express our, our thoughts and our feelings. And there may be even correct situations like that. But most of the time, I believe, and I think you might agree, Ted, that Anger is a secondary thing, covering up something deeper, something else that we're just not quite willing to share. What comments do you have about that? Well, you know, I agree, Pat. I think, I think you're exactly right. And, um, you know, this pandemic that we're all experiencing and the, um, the quarantine and the opening up of our communities um, is, is really giving rise, I, I think, to a lot of anger. Um, and we've got some clients that have, uh, some folks that have written in and asked some questions about that, that, that maybe we can talk to a little bit. Yes. Um, the first one I have is, you know, a, a young man uh, wrote in saying that I've noticed that we have been facing a lot of issues that we've never uh, thought we'd have to deal with due to the COVID-19 and its effect on us. He says, he writes, my wife and I seem to be angry all the time lately. Our tempers seemed to flare way too easily. When did, when they didn't before, you know, and, and this stuff with the global pandemic seems to be giving rise to that. 
His question really is, how do we find peace and feelings of safety? And really, I think he's asking, how do we address and deal with this anger together as a husband and wife? Yeah, and I kind of hear him also um, talking, saying, how do we communicate with each other? Instead of, you know, bottling it up and, and having it turn into anger. So you know, I, I think for me, what I would talk to this young couple about is um, just that sense of communication, you know, and, and being willing to be vulnerable with each other again. You know, we, we're in kind of uncharted territory right now, all of us, with, with the shutdown, the lockdown and loss of jobs. Uh, our kids are acting out and we just don't know how to deal with I think all of us are trying to find our new normal in all of this and and that sense of rhythm again in our lives that that has been missing for quite some time now and as we hold this stuff in as we feel unsafe as he said you know he wants to feel that sense of safety again with one another that um, it just becomes hard to talk about and again I think it, it comes back harkens back to this issue of you know can I safely say, even to my spouse, I'm kind of afraid right now. I, I, I'm scared about the future. You know, what does the future hold for us? I'm, I'm afraid we're going to lose our house, lose our income, lose, lose all those things that help us feel safe and secure. And, and I can't figure out a way to talk about it. And so to me, the answer lies in pulling on that trust that has been built in a relationship between a husband and wife. It takes a great deal of trust to be vulnerable before someone. And we are vulnerable with one another in a marriage. Um, and yet, as I said, we're in unfamiliar circumstances right now. And it's very difficult to know how to express ourselves without feeling shame, without feeling um, I'm less than, I'm not good enough, I'm not, I'm not coming across as, as strong and heroic as I want to. It's that type of thing I think that's going on and, and it gets covered up with anger because we're frustrated in that. Correct. What are your thoughts about that, Ted? Yeah, I, I, I love that you talk about the need to communicate, Pat. And um, I think one of the ways I think about anger is that our goal is really to report its presence. Our goal is to report anger's presence instead of acting it out, right? And that's, as you talk about, that's really vulnerable to do, to let your spouse know, I'm feeling angry right now, and here's what I want. Um, but we know that uh, when we act out our anger, what we tend to do is it pushes us away from the thing that we really want. Yes. And if we can, if we can risk being vulnerable enough and, and learn as husband and wife to trust that we can report each other's emotions to each other and hold those emotions well, um, it, then we don't have to act them out. Uh, and we, and we get much closer to getting, moving forward to what we really are wanting. Yeah, don't you find that when we are truthful and um, open our hearts up and are vulnerable before another person, that it really does um, contribute to a sense of trust, particularly sure.
couple who already love each other, who already have established that kind of trust. Okay, the next question that I want us to talk about, uh, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, my husband lost his job because of his company losing so much business during the lockdown and now has permanently shut down. Our teen kids, two sons and a daughter, are angry and we're not able to deal with their anger and rebellion. They argue with everything we say and with each other. The lack of hope and financial resources for all of us is creating so much tension in our home and it feels like it's almost intolerable. We are at that place of feeling very desperate and wondering when will it ever end? It doesn't feel like it will ever end. We need some solutions and some answers on how to cope with this. How would you respond to that, Tad? You know, that is such a difficult uh, place to be. And I, I get a sense from this, this, uh, the writer's uh, words that, that uh, she feels just, you know, emotionally overwhelmed by all of this. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I really understand that, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's two ways that are effective in dealing with the anger of others. You know, the first one is to lean into the emotion. You kind of, sometimes our initial reaction that's a protective one is to withdraw from each other's anger. But as you said, if we can understand there's usually something like hurt or frustration or fear or injustice that's underneath that anger, if we can lean into that and let them know that that we want, you want to understand what is underneath the anger for them. Um, you know, somebody wrote that, that empathy is the antidote for anger that comes from an emotional hurt and a wound, right? And, and so leaning into the emotion, again, is very vulnerable, um, but it really is one of the ways that's effective to build that sense of connection and, and begin to build a culture in the family that it's safe to talk about these things in other ways than acting them out that end up being hurtful. Yeah. And I think the second, the second way of dealing with, with other people's angry is an important one, equally important, and that's to be setting healthy and consistent boundaries. And boundaries really are about ourselves, right? Making it clear and being consistent that I won't allow myself to be spoken to that way, for example. So I'm going to go into the other room and we can talk when we can be kind to each other again. Right? That, that being able to use effective, healthy boundaries to help each other know, you know, that's not okay for me. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to protect myself until we can be kind again. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, for this woman who wrote in, cause she's talking about her husband losing his job that uh, Emerson Egrick said in his book, love and respect that, you know, it is so important for a man to feel respected for what he does and that God created man in such a way that uh, men in particular have this, um, they're, they're sort of wired to, to be the providers and the protectors. And when a man loses his job, 
I think it's very important for a wife to be uh, very sensitive to how that makes him feel. You know, this sense of probably shame and and I'm not enough. I'm not I'm not providing the way I'm supposed to. And how hard, how difficult that is, particularly for a man. It's it's difficult for anyone to lose their job, but I think it's it's more difficult for a man and for her to be sensitive that he may be covering up some of those senses of inadequacy or shame with anger. Mm -hmm. uh, To just be very um, cognizant of that as as she talks with him, she deals with him on that issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, The final question that I want to bring up here, uh, it says, I'm finding that my routine has been so disrupted lately that I lose my temper with others so easily. It Mm -hmm. seems I'm not able to find any peace and I'm carrying some grudges for what seems like impossible, never ending and desperate circumstances. How can I let go of my anger and be who I really am? This is not me and I feel trapped in my anger. Yeah, you know, um, all of us have a emotional flooding limit, uh, past which we move into fight or flight mode, right? Um, and one of the things that all of the uncertainty around our health, our family's health, our economic situation, our jobs, our future, the quality of our lives, one of the things that that's done is really consumed a whole bunch of our available emotional energy. So we're all kind of walking around every day, much closer to that emotionally flooded, you know, limit point. Um, I think the way I would talk to somebody that is struggling with this is um, to, to begin to get to know themselves and to use their body as an early warning signal that their emotional uh, uh, levels are rising. Um, get to know that when you're starting to, anger starting to develop, where do you feel that in your body? Sometimes it's a tightness in your stomach or the back of your neck gets hot. People feel it in different ways. But if we can get to know what that early physical sign is for us, it can attune us that to, to ask the question, what's really going on for me right now, right? And give me a chance to pause and decide how do I want to show up? Part of the, the things that anger does for us is it exacerbates our troubles. It, it exacerbates the lack of peace um, and if we can, if we can be attuned to, to our rising emotions and step away and then be intentional about how we want to respond, um, you know, remembering that we are responsible for our response, right? We can feel hurt. We can feel frustrated by another, but our thought response and our behavioral response is always our responsibility. Yeah. Um, You bring up a very good point here, Chad. Um, And that is that, you know, we cannot, especially right now, well, ever, we can't control our circumstances. We can't control what other people do, uh, what other people say. 
but we can control our response. And sometimes, you know, in, in hitting that pause button you refer to, you know, we can sort of take that time out and, and really generally it only takes a few seconds to kind of do that sort of mindful kind of exploring within ourselves. How can I respond to this in a way that is going to uh, benefit me, benefit the people around me, and really make this situation uh, more positive, um, a better outcome from, from what we're all dealing with right now. And it really does take that, that kind of hitting the pause button, taking responsibility for what our response can be, and, and then acting accordingly in a way that, that puts a more positive spin on things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think truly there are some positive things that are happening through this chaos that we're living in right now. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, we're getting to spend time with our loved ones with much more intensity and frequency, right? Um, And we're all, this is also an opportunity to really get to know ourselves and develop new ways of showing up, new patterns of interaction that really lift each other up and make it safe together in families to share our emotional inner world with each other and hold that with kindness and empathy. Absolutely. Very good. Well, friends, if you've been watching this podcast today and you have questions and and it has maybe struck some chords in you about some of the things you're dealing with, uh, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our contact information is here on this uh, podcast on the screen here. Please don't hesitate to call us, email us, or um, send a text message. Uh, We're more than happy and we are here for you. We know we're struggling, all of us are struggling, and we do have the capability and the willingness to offer some positive help for you at this time. Thanks for being with us. We will see you again next week. You want to say a few words before we close, Ted? Just thank you very much again. And um, know that if you're listening to this, that um, God didn't intend you to deal with these things alone. Um, And we're available um, to come alongside you in this journey. Absolutely. Thanks, Ted. Bye for now, friends. We will see you again next week.